Blog Talk Radio. Hello, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to the Beamer Distributors Blog Talk Show. This is your show. It's designed for all Beamer distributors across the country to provide you with the latest information, training, and current events. It's a live, interactive show where we value your participation. Just hit one on your phone and we'll open your lines so you can ask questions and share information and testimonials. You'll hear from individuals who are experiencing amazing results in their business and with the use of their Beamer. But remember, this information of Beamer technology is not designed to diagnose, treat, or cure any disease or ailment. These testimonials have not been evaluated or reviewed by the FDA. This call is for education only, and no medical or income claims are intended. This call is not put on by Beamer USA. It's just us, a group of independent Beamer distributors all helping one another. So grab a pen and paper, listen carefully, and get ready to learn and share. Stay tuned. The show is about to begin. Hello, and welcome, everyone, to Beamer Blog Talk Radio. I'm Rainy Hale, so you know this has to be Horse Thursday. Today is super happy to be with you. I love starting my Thursdays with you all and my guests and, and co-hosts. So um, thank you for, for being with us today. Um, I'd like to remind everyone to please grab a pen and paper. We almost always have a phone number or probably not phone numbers anymore, a website or an event or something coming up that um, that you're want, going to want to be able to write down or when that's coming. So be ready for that. And please press one on your phone if you have any questions or comments, testimonials. We'd really love to hear from you. As you know, it's a big part of what our show is all about is, is interacting with all of you guys and answering, asking, answering your questions and, and hearing your stories. Likely, if you have a question, somebody else does too, so we're all learning that way. Um, but please uh, remember, for this show, we do really need to keep it to um, horse stories with the horse unit and really behavioral and more training um, aspects. This show, though, today we're doing a usage call with our special guest, uh, Dr. Marlies Bonk. So she's going to be on and, and we're going to be addressing specific usage things. Um, as a reminder, we need to stay away from specific questions about how you use it for, you know, XYZ, you know, disease or condition or anything like that. Those are things that are addressed with the, um, by calling in, um, not on our show, sorry, calling calling into Beamer um, and asking those specific questions because Dr. Marlies Bonk will address those directly that way. Um, this show, we really need to keep, keep away from that. So um, with all of that being said, I'm going to go ahead and say hello to my co-host, Cindy. Good morning, Cindy. Good morning, Rainey, and good morning, Dr. Bonk and uh, everyone else. Um, I think we have... Um, you know, Marlise is at a horse show, so we definitely appreciate um, her taking time off from, um, you know, uh, her opportunities there. Um, but I think that one of, uh, perhaps one of the good segues for us today, um, in unless we have callers that talk in about, you know, usage questions, a good segue would, uh, with Dr. Marlies would be to follow uh, Dr. Burke's um, seminar presentation that he did last night about what stress got to do with it because we know that horses as prey animals have stress from a lot of different sources that people would not normally think of because, you know, uh, we've lost a lot of that prey animal um, 
sensibilities on our own. And so just things that horses would react to and find stressful are, you know, sometimes um, not what we recognize. And to say that similar to what we can deal with um, at a human level and engaging femur therapy, that it really plays a, a big role in a horse's anxiety level and nervousness. And, and so we want to talk a little bit about how applies in the horse world, and that's where, uh, if Dr. Marlies is on, that's um, what we'd like to be able to start out with, if that's okay with you. How's that sound? Hey, Cindy. Hey, Rainey. Absolutely. That sounds like a great idea. Um, I want to apologize because, uh, as, as you all said, I, I am at this horse show terrain, and literally there is, talking about stressful, there's literally no place here where there's no noise or no people, and it's it's very windy today, and um, I just saw uh, earlier today. I saw a little um, graph graphic, you know, on Facebook, where um, like a meme where they had said what horses spook from, and it literally had anything on there, like including the it it, it can spook from itself, from the wind, from the rider, from a plastic bag, from another horse, from something you don't even know. And all that is going on at the horse show terrain at this time. And um, the horses are are actually feeling it. The other days it was not windy. And now with the wind, you know, those big tents that the horses, that they, are the makeshift stalls, they, they make all kinds of noises. And everything is flapping in the wind. And, and there's, you know, they um, are picking up the manure with the little carts. And there's golf carts and all kinds of stuff and different horses. It's 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 pretty crazy. I'm I'm pretty impressed how horses keep up with us to begin with, as you know, as very, you know, hardcore prey animals that they are. Uh, you know, I, I I felt a little spooky myself. You know, going going into the tents today. But uh, apologies for any noises because I I just couldn't find a like a silent spot here. Yeah, you know, when you talk about the wind, and, and, and I know for all our horses that when it's windy, they, they're spooky because, uh, you know, they can't hear as well, and they can't hear the things that they would normally hear. The wind kind of, you know, blocks it out. And, you know, if you think about there's some predator creeping up to attack you or something, the wind is and you and you're downwind, you're upwind, and you can't smell it. Then, in fact, um, that's really a disadvantage for them. So, really pulls back on those instincts. So, um, and I, I know it shows that um, it's never fun. And people, <laughs> you know, I remember chasing plastic bags down the aisle, going, "Oh my God, get that!" <laughs> so, it sounds like yeah, fun and where we, you are. Yeah, and we. Um... We, I heard, you know, we were. I was just talking earlier to um, to some guys about, um, you know, little accidents that happen when horses spook, and you know, when you just never know when a horse spooks. So, you know, we're actually working this week at our booth on a guy that had his hand shattered by a three-year-old thoroughbred colt um, that he was lunging, and as he wanted to bring the horse back, it just spooked from something and kicked out and shattered his hand. And we are, um, he's, he's using our Beamer this week with, with, I would say very good results. 
um, and um, then you know some other stories came up, like of how horses can just spook out of out of the blue, and um, you know I I definitely take that very well into account when sometimes they uh, when I go to beamer sessions in these in these you know different barns, even if it was in their own home barn. I always make sure I'm I'm well out of the way when they move their horses around because you just never know when it's going to happen and we always got to be very careful. But yeah, horses just they're the ultimate prey animal and and they need to be on the alert. That's how they're wired and I don't see that changing anytime soon. Um but that's, you know, the resultant of them being prey animals and having and being in these kind of constructed environments, especially at these horse shows and and these, you know, the horses that at this show, they travel every weekend to another show. They're literally on the road, you know, all season, which which at this moment is the summer season. Then they probably go again on the winter season, you know, in the south. And um, they, the stalls are so small. They're so small. And I was asking the um, the grooms, like, do you do your horses lay down normally like you, you kind of know they do at home? And they said, no, they don't. Uh, some of them do, but others don't. And uh, that would be uh, sleep deprivation right there because horses got to lay down to get their REM sleep. And the reason I, I kind of wanted to talk about stress today was um, Dr. Burka with his Medical Monday and Wellness Wednesday this week, his topic was what's stress got to do with it? And he did an excellent job for whoever was on those webinars or uh, hopefully oh, yeah. you'll catch the re- recording of the Wellness Wednesday, which was extraordinary yesterday. But he did a great job yeah. in explaining the effect, the detrimental effects of stress long term um, on people, on people. And people are not prey animals. People are predators. And people... They deal with stress a little better technically because they're not wired like prey animals that they have to run for any any noise, but um, it's still super detrimental. So for horses, you can multiply that. So there's literally not one horse here at the show that is not stressed with its environment. And um, this kind of leads into also what I'd like to plug already for the listeners is the the webinar we're going to do. Uh, the Beamer Equine Educational Experience on June 22nd, if I'm not mistaken. Um, Cindy, let me check that. Yeah, June 22nd, Wednesday, Wednesday, June 22nd at 8 p.m. Eastern, 5 p.m. Pacific. Um, We're going to do that about the other stressful factor in the horse's life, which is the human. And uh, so that, that webinar is actually called The Bond, Horse and Human, and we're going to interview two of our absolute top ambassadors, Boyd Martin out of the eventing world and Amberly Snyder out of the barrel racing uh, and rodeo community, and um, Heather, o- uh, sorry, Heather, Shelby O'Leary, who is an um, equine human uh, therapist, um, He's called an equestrian performance coach, and we're actually going to talk about, you know, what kind of stress uh, the human can cause to the horse, which, of course, the human is is omnipresent in the horse's life. The horse is 100% dependent from their humans for their food, for their exercise, 
and then they're supposed to do whatever they want them to do, whether they understand it or not. Um, so the human may come in with emotional issues. They may come in with physical issues. And that all would have an effect on the horses as well that could be stressful if the horse is not able to deal with it. So, um, you know, we're, we're kind of like trying to stitch the whole picture together here for you all to understand how something like, how, you know, what, what our horses have to deal with, especially those that are traveling to shows or that are being ridden. Um, and then how obviously we can alleviate their concerns to a certain degree with the beamer, um, you know, both by addressing the horse as well as the human, ideally with the beamer would be fantastic. That would already be a total game changer, as we know. Um, and and I have to say, at you know, at the show, we, we always introduce the human set to any given um, rider or trainer or owner that we work with, if we can. And um, But they always say, you know, yeah, I'm, I'm the last one on the list. You know, the horses go first. But I think actually that is, an incorrect statement because the horse, if the horses would truly come first, they would take care of themselves as well. Yeah. Because absolutely. everything, yeah. everything totally. we do, what do you think? What do you think, Cindy? Totally agree with that. And just, you know, to inject another concept in there is we know that horses have really good memories and they focus on things so that to the extent, that their riders or their handlers or something have, you know, some emotional things of, you know, elements of stress that they're bringing, and they might not even be conscious of it. They think, oh, well, you know, I've taken care of that. But the horse is going to pick up on that, and they're going to remember it. They'll remember it the next time they see that person and be a little more, you know, kind of apprehensive around it. So it kind of, it, it builds, has a cascading effect, if you, you will, if, it's not dealt with. So, yeah, I totally agree. Yeah, so, um, and Dr. another – another, oh, go ahead, Talk Brian. a little bit about – yeah, I just wanted to maybe have you talk – maybe for the people that maybe aren't quite so familiar with horses, maybe talk about what stress actually looks like in horses, what that can mean. I mean, obviously we're talking about how they are a lot, they are under a lot of stress, but how does that kind of manifest for horses? What do, what do people usually see, and how can we kind of address that with Beamer? I know you guys are yeah. probably going to talk a lot about that in your EE – B E E E, but I, so I don't want to take away from that. But just for the people who maybe not being able to get a picture of what what we're talking about. Yeah, well, I'm actually thinking um, we we may do a whole another B E E E on stress, as as if you ask me, because it's such a big topic. Um, but yeah, so honestly, to, to tell you the truth, because you're saying for people that are not familiar with horses, I think people that are familiar with horses a lot of times do not know do not recognize the symptoms of of, of stress in horses. And they also do not know the importance of it because they think it's normal you have to keep a horse on on ulcer medication, on gastric ulcer medication. Well, in my world view, it's not. Because if a horse has ulcers in its stomach, it's, by the way, those are usually most of the time also in their hindgut, which which you cannot Mm -hmm. treat with the medicine that they give them. You know, they give them a, there is a medication you can give um, for gastric ulcers on a daily basis, but that doesn't reach the hind gut where the ulcers are as well. And that can lead into colic and it, it's always in, uncomfortable for the horse. So that, that is literally discomfort, not to say pain. You know, if you don't, 
if you have ulcers that are not addressed in the stomach, that's painful. When you know when they don't have food in their stomach, they it really hurts them with the with the gastric acids. So that's, for example, one thing they they will get that. Um, they may be behaviorally uh, strange. Like for example, the horse, um, one of the mares that I was working on this morning, um, she she's not jumping at the show like right now, and they can't really find anything wrong with her. But she just she's so stressed when I came into the stall. She just can't stand still. And even with the beamer, it was almost impossible for her to stand still. She did stand still, um, you know, for for most of the session, but um, she was not going anywhere near the, you know, near the, like how we want, like how we would love to see them with the droopy eyes and the lowered head. Like she just could not get there. And, of course, I know that the beamer works anyway on her, um, you know, it's going to improve the, the blood flow and um, it's going to balance the nervous system to a certain extent. Are you um, to the blacksmith, that 10 by 10? She, she is um, going, other signs of, you know, it's, it's can, literally stress can manifest in any way. The thing, what you need to understand about stress is that it does decrease the blood flow. It does decrease the blood flow and it also, and that, that's going to not allow the horse to recover it's not going to allow yeah. the horse to recover. And Dr. Burka said it yesterday. And, Cindy, maybe you can remind me of the whole statement. But he said chronic stress or like a burnout is a lack of appropriate recovery. Do you remember that exact statement that Dr. Burka had yesterday in his webinar? Um, I don't remember the exact statement, but I do. And I'm going to look for it, see if I can find it. But... Um, what I uh, what I do remember is him saying again, you know, the horse that the ability of the body to recover only happens when it's not in a stressful state. So that certainly applies to horses as well. So if they're uh, you know if they're constantly in a fight or flight mode, they uh, the body can't heal, and, and nor can it recover. So. Let me see if I can find, because he, he had a great uh, list of different stress response. Um, let's see. It was energy, cardiovascular, digestion, growth, reproduction, immune system, cognition, or, and alertness. Oh, my God. Uh, the, immune, the, the immune system gets depressed for hours after stressful episodes. It probably is constantly suppressed. So when you have stress, you actually have hormones like cortisol that um, that are stress hormones that are good for an acute stressful situation, but not good long term. They actually it actually breaks uh, down, and um, you know that's that's gonna that's not gonna allow tissues to regenerate. And horses are not going to be able to sleep well and get that deep sleep they need. And so they're always going to be behind the game. They're always going to not have recovered enough. So they're, you know, they're, they, they, you know, and athletes, they need to recover. If they don't recover well, a good athletic performance depends on good recovery. And so if we cannot give that to them, it gets literally stressed, affects the whole body. It's, it, like the whole body is not going to function optimally. Stress is 
when the elastic band gets overstretched and it and it, it it's about to break. It doesn't it doesn't stretch back. It doesn't stretch back. It's now beyond the elasticity, and that is the problem. So the nervous system has has it, it's divided in two parts. You have the conscious nervous system where you can decide what to do. The horse can decide what to do, and then you have the autonomous nervous system, which um, determines all our bodily functions and respiration and a perfusion of the blood and the heart rate and all digestion and all that. And the autonomous nervous system has is also divided into parts, and that has the um, the the sympathetic mode and the parasympathetic mode, and that are opposite. So it's kind of like either or, and they have to work in in a balance. Uh, it's like a dance, you know. And um, when the sympathetic mode is engaged, the horse is basically in fight and flight mode, and that is intended for for shorter time periods when you know when the horse had to uh run you know for for a predator uh or or you know in our case it will also be the athletic performance you know that has has to do a lot with the sympathetic mode as well with the way that the blood gets distributed but then as soon as the horse is done it needs to go back to the parasympathetic mode and just relax and recover and um if the horse is chronically stressed, it's going to be more leaning towards the sympathetic mode, and it cannot do the proper functions of digesting, digesting their food, assimilating their food, uh, resting and recovering their tissues and their muscle cells and all that. And it cannot even rest its brain enough, you know. So that's pretty stressful. If you don't sleep enough, you get very stressed in your head, and horses will have that too. And then they will react to everything in their environment. And that's why these horses don't do as well as we would like them to do. And so, you know, I was just in this one barn and, and they said, have you all, they have to do this with these nervous horses. And they're like not performing well at the show. And I said, have you thought about having the beamer in the barn, you know, just in the comfort of your own barn? And they said, well, yeah, uh, the trainer has been thinking about getting it for as a rental for the show season. And I'm like, why would you do that? That doesn't make any sense to me. You know, you need to get it in the comfort of your barn, period. So that when your horses come to the show, they're going to be at a much higher level of health before they even get here. And then they're going to be able to be more resilient to deal with those things that they really don't understand what they are and they cannot really deal with. They're going to be in a much better place. That elastic band is going to be a lot more stretchable. And that's what the beamer helps with if we use it on a consistent basis, Cindy. Yeah, you know, would also we didn't talk about um, the whole element of travel in there too, because I still very prominent in my mind was the study that they did at the vet school at Davis University, of California, Davis, about how even if it's a short ride that the horse's whole immune system shuts down for about 24 hours when they're trailered somewhere. And, um, you know, so that makes them even more vulnerable, if you will, to being, you know, getting out of the trailer in a strange place with a whole, you know, imagine, you know, like you wake up or, and you walk out of a box and you're in an entirely different place. I mean, how disorienting that has to be to them. Um, and even horses that do it all the time, that's still an impact. 
So um, I think I, I think people take for granted, um, oh, you know, this horse is really mellow. Well, um, that that they don't always show some of the issues, and and sometimes too when people say. Oh, this horse is, you know, this horse is barn, barn sour, or they're, or they're, uh, you know, they've just, they're, um, you know, they've got such bad habits. And what I get really upset about is when some of the sometimes people talk about putting down a horse, and they don't realize what impact, you know, their behavior has had on that horse, and it's very hard to counteract you know, after, because horses have such long memories. It takes a long time to be able to rehab that, um, to go back and, and try and counter the uh, effects of, of stress, you know. And maybe it's someone that, that mistreated them and that they can't, you know, they can't uh, forget that. It's definitely not the horse's fault. So um, I guess if... Um, are there, you know, since you're at a show, is there anything that you'd want to uh, be able to share with folks about how to do demos at a show? Because, you know, it's a little different circumstance. Again, the horse is not in their, in their you know, familiar comfort of home. And, um, you know, we want to make sure that we're not doing a demo for the first time on a horse that's never had um, Beamer experience before and not before, right before they compete. So could you talk a little bit about that, Marlise? Absolutely. I hope the wind doesn't get too loud. If so, let me know. Um, I'm trying to stay as much out of it as I can. Um, so, yeah, so basically, you know, people come to us and, and ask for, for demos, um, and some of them are already familiar with the Beamer and um you know they people a lot of people still have the mindset done shows, which of course we try to change because it'd be better if they had it perfect yeah you're cut you are cutting in and out a little bit okay so i'm sorry easy. about that um yeah because I, I i thought i had a pretty good spot but let me know if it gets too bad okay <laughs> Is this, yeah, that's is this okay? Yeah. That sounds better. Yeah. Okay, yeah. I just moved like <laughs> a few feet. Um, so what we do is, um, you know, when when we're being asked for a demo, I just go, you know, to the stall. Of, you know, we about 99% of the times um, we do the demos in the actual stall of the horse. And right. um, I ha have the owner fill out our disclaimer which we have online and then they, and then I asked them about the, uh, the name of the horse, like kind of who's this and what's their age and any concerns. And uh, I'm, you know, I'm not super formal about that. I'm, I'm very easy going with this um, because I like, you know, just the easygoing relationship with the people. And, um, you know, it may be the groom or the trainer, or the owner, it really depends who it is. And a lot of times I don't exactly know who they are until I start talking to them during the session. Uh, but I like to get the Beamer on them as soon as possible, also in the interest of time. So um, uh, like you said, I definitely try to do the sessions 
as a recovery, but I do break my own rules sometimes, uh, Cindy and Riney. So you have to forgive me for that. Um, so with these, uh, we work on these jumpers, and they really sometimes need a session before they go out there because their backs are super tight and sore. And I typically, um, of course, you know, I'm a veterinarian. I kind of, you know, scan the horse, like the back of the horse a little bit, but technically anyone could run their, run their fingers over the back of the horse and see if there's some discomfort reaction, which I'd say more more often than not, the horses have back discomfort or SI discomfort. And... um then I get the I do the I get the the blanket on them myself, but not everyone may want to do that, considering you know the liability situation. Well, I won't get into that right now. We will get more into that into the Equine Academy, um, and I I start the beamer already before it goes on horse. So I go say hi to the horse, and uh, I always you know touch them, make sure I'm you know in the good spot to put the blanket on. I turn it on and I. I just put it in place and, you know, with the undersheet as well. Um, and then um, it's, I run it, typically run the beamer two times five minutes unless the horse is telling me that it only needs one five-minute session, program one. Uh, but otherwise, I usually do program one back-to-back, which is the only times I do back-to-back programs. And I typically prefer to do um, – I always take the right cuff and I put it on the pole so that the control box is towards me and I do it on program one and I just kind of lay it on the lower end of the neck and I shift it up so that they don't get spooked or anything and I have my Velcro ready to to um, secure it on the pole and typically the, the handler uh, is holding the horse for me and we just kind of chit-chat. And then the other cuff, I may use it on the other part of the neck, although it usually falls down there, so that's not a really good strategy. Um, if they have anything going on with the front legs, I may do the front legs, or if they have nothing going on, I may do that as a demo. And then um, if they have a lot of back discomfort, I may lay the cuffs over the back as well for, for five minutes. But basically in 10 minutes, I'm, I'm totally done. And what I did today with the horses that were super anxious, I put one of the cuffs at the second five minutes of the blanket. I put one of the cuffs under the belly cinch um, because I really feel that that supports them with the stomach situation. But there's also some stress points on the sternum that are acupressure, acupuncture points that can be helpful in relieving stress. Of course, you need to... Uh, stay there when you do that and make sure that the horse is okay with the cuff being applied at that location. And then 10 minutes, I'm done. And, you know, I always ask the um, the person who is holding the horse, uh, you know, what's going on, um, how, how, the, how they've been doing. You know, I always ask what breed it is. And um, obviously I ask them if they have been in touch with, if they have used Beamer before, if so, where and when and how and, you know, that kind of thing. So just have a casual conversation, and then I want to know how they did afterwards, you know, and I always offer to, to come back the next day. So that's, that's kind of my, my easygoing demo. Okay. You got, you, you, you got lots of different things going on with the cuff, <laughs> for sure. And if, if, if the horse is faltered, you know, I think it's 
uh, and you're trying to do up on the pole and you slide it up their neck, you, I mean, can't you kind of put it under the ear band of or the, the halter to be able to hold it in place? Uh, for me, there is no way because it, it would come flying off for sure. Um, so we, we have, we make these, um, Fabio, my husband makes these Velcro, Velcro strips. He literally gets them from Walmart, I think. Um, and um, so they're double-sided Velcro. And um, I'm not sure how long the Velcro strips are. Five five feet? They're five feet long. He's actually signaling, signaling to me. They're five feet. And um, uh, that doesn't sound too long, does it? I'm not so good in the, in the, in the American yeah, measurements. sounds... Sounds really long. Like it's going to wrap around the neck a couple of times. Yeah. Okay. Well, it doesn't actually. Then there, it must be shorter because it only it kind of it it kind of half circles half over itself. Let's say. But but it is nice to have it long because if you want to do the lower neck with the two cuffs attached together, then you yeah. may need a longer Velcro at that location. Um, so anyway, yeah, I am creative with the cuffs. I have to say, and I'm. I'm personally not afraid to use the cuffs, but I'm, I use them within the 10-minute window. I, 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 I truly do. Um, I rarely do hind legs, um, but then sometimes I do <laughs> because they may have a concern on the hind legs. And I have to say, most of the times when I put the cuffs on the hind legs, they do kind of re- react. I would say react to yeah. them. And so I watch yeah. that very closely like a hawk, you know. So um, if I if I have any kind of sensation that it's not going to be a good deal, I'm not going to do it, or I'm I, I take them off. But um, usually um, I seem to get away with it. But I do maybe one out of ten ten sessions I do I do a hind leg or two. Yeah, you know when I do really careful on if the horse has never had anything that feels pulsing on its hind legs. I've definitely seen them kick, and so I try and do one leg at a time, and I hold, I hold that cuff, and I start it up at the hip, and I slide it down just real slowly, just so that they can feel, you know, and, and see how they're, you know, moving around. Sometimes, I'll, you know, if I don't know the horse well enough, I'll ask the owner to do that, but just to kind of introduce it, because if you just go slap on two cuffs on their hind legs, um, that seems like it's an invitation for them to go get these things off of me for the first time <laughs> anyway. So um, yeah, every horse is different, as we always say. But Hey, um, ladies, we've got um, Ian who's, who's raising his hand. He wants to join our conversation, so I was going to open his line. He probably has something to add to this. Hi, Ian. Yes. I'm, hey, guys. How are you doing? <laughs> Great to talk to you all. I'm a little competitive here, so I'm just going to let you know that Dr. Berko was on whatever Wednesday, and he had over 60 people listening <laughs> and over 650 people already downloaded. So, Marlise, you better tell something good on this show today. Step it up a little bit to catch up, though. Well, I think Ian, Joey Ian, has. <laughs> Ian, Ian, we're we're going to save that for, um, you know, we I'm sure we got our uh, regular audience, and I, I promote the Block Talk heavily, so I'm sure I get a lot of listeners on Block Talk, also for your show, Ian, on Wednesday on Block Talk, <laughs> but um, well, uh, we're, we, we're going to... We can always talk yeah, about the double booking at shows. That will really spice up this call. What do you think, Marlies? Sure, go for it. <laughs> 
<laughs> no, no, no. That's that's a hot topic. We'll, we'll not be able to have this online. So. Okay. Okay. The, the more the more controversial topics. Yeah. So um, no, but I'm gonna say is we're gonna save the big crowds. The big turnout is gonna come for the Beamer Educational Equine Experience on June 22nd on that Wednesday evening. That's with Boyd and Amberly. And and you, Ian, also as co-host, we're going to and um, uh, Shelby O'Leary, the 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 therapist. That's where we're going to get the big crowds out. And 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 in conjunction with that, there's there's a flyer that was posted. Thank you, Ian, on today on the Facebook IBD pay, Horse Set page. That's a really nice flyer that you can use to be able to um, uh, be able to invite guests, customers, prospects, and Ian, are they going to post that in the back office too? You know, we don't can use- try. That's a Johnny B thing, and I can send it to him. But no pressure on you, Marley. No stress on you. But people that already are committing to listen to this is the other sports ambassadors, me, the Spencer, Hope. We got um, – who else we got? We got a couple of other ones that were saying they were going to listen to this. So – not only are we going to have these two sports ambassadors, we're going to have these other sports ambassadors listening as well. Good. Absolutely I good. Take, I take on the challenge, Ian. <laughs> well, so you can ask, so you, we, all right, Ian, so we can ask Hope and, and Mavis to say, you know, what questions would they like for us to answer or what questions would they want to be asked? Absolutely, absolutely. From. We'll definitely do that, and we'll maybe throw a few questions their way, too, you know, that they, they would like us to ask them. So threw this out there to a yes. couple of the top people on out there. They're definitely very interested on this presentation. Even even the higher beings of, of Beamer will be listening to this. So I'm looking forward to it. It's exciting. Very excited to, to, to keep on going forward with these BEEE things. I think they're not only educational, but I think they're great for our IBDs to share with their prospects and with their clients to keep them engaged. It's all about engagement. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I totally agree. Absolutely. And I'm really... Yeah. yeah absolutely. We have... the, the... Go ahead. Go ahead. Yeah. Oh, you the, back, the, the back pain uh, webinar with Dr. King out of February has been downloaded, you know, a couple thousand times. Uh, it's 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 a super popular uh, marketing tool actually. It's 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 highly educational, but it's also used as marketing tool and ed- and educational tool for our customers. And I share it with with anyone that is remotely interested in the horse sets or already using it. And this this new B E E E is the culmination of what we do in Beamer because we share a horse set and we share a human set. And that's exactly what we're going to talk about is, is the well-being of the horse and the rider. So this is cutting-edge stuff, and, and a lot of research is being conducted on it right now, uh, how, this, how the, you know, the horse interacts with the human and how we can make that better. So I'm very excited about it myself. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, absolutely. It, it, and it, that flyer is just to help you guys to – it's really – it's a promotion for the BEE. It's not – it's not something that is a, even though it's an educational thing, we're just trying to help you guys to get the word out, to give you something to share for help you with the market this event so you guys can hopefully get more opportunities to communicate with your clients and your prospects. 
Yes, and we absolutely appreciate that. So thank you. So okay, I'm going to sign out. You can finish up, Marlies. Okay, no pressure, um, <laughs> Dr. Berger. Lay up here, and you got to catch up. Okay. Sounds good. Thanks, Ian. <laughs> Uh, all right, and, and um, Dr. Vonk, I know you were kind of short on time because you were wanting to get back to your show, and I know you've got a lot going, so in re- respect to your time, I just want to give you a, a few minutes to um, give any final words before we before we lose you. I'm just saying, you know, the the, the time is now to, to, to share this technology with, with horses and their humans. Uh, you know, there's, there's, never been, there's never been greater levels of stress in the world than right now, um, if we don't use strategies to mitigate our stress levels and, and, and of our horses that are uh, completely dependent on us, then, then we're going to, you know, not win the battle. Um, because, you know, it's, it's not, it's not the old days anymore, you know, where there was no electronics and, no to-do list, crazy to-do list, you know, when we were living more in natural rhythms with, uh, with nature, with the world, um, everything is kind of becoming more and more artificial and more rushed and busy, 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 and people forget to breathe and their horses get, you know, halt left and right. And it's all good if we take, if we take the right strategies to, um, to help with that. So, uh, I think the Beamer is the most effective and easy-to-use tool and technology um, to to integrate in our lives, in our animals' lives. And I've always seen it be effective at some level to help with whatever is going on. And, um, of course, use it within reason. And don't forget about other about all the other um strategies and modalities out there and lifestyle choices. But uh, otherwise, I'd say, you know, full steam ahead with Beamer. And, um, you know, we're, we're going to help you learn more about it as we go and, and as we have been this year with, with all our educational efforts. That's it for me, Rainy and Cindy. Yeah, thank you so, thank much, you so much for taking time out and stay out of the wind. Thank you, Dr. Vonk. We appreciate you taking the time coming on, and um, we're, we're all, I know, really excited about the, the, the this upcoming BEE. It sounds like it's going to be a really great one. You guys always do such a great job. I mean, we all, I just want you to know we all really appreciate all the work you guys do for all these tools you're giving us um, for education and for, you know, obviously we can we use this for marketing as well. So we just want to thank you all for, for your time and effort for that. So thank you so much. And um, thank you, Cindy. Any, do you have any final words, Cindy, today before we before we get cut off here? Um, no, I think I'm good. Um, you know, check out the, um, if, um, the flyer that we were talking about for the event, and then hopefully we'll have it more widespreadly available. But um, you can start telling people to save the time right now. So, um, Yeah, absolutely. The, the, flyer, the flyer is great. It's in the um, IBD Facebook page, and there is a link right at the bottom of it for you to get to the um, – to join to actually join the webinar. So it's a great uh, tool to be able to use. So 
Um, all right, perfect. Thanks so much, everyone. I appreciate you um, listening. I appreciate Dr. Vank and Cindy. Um, I appreciate you both taking your time to be with me and um, or be with all of us here today. Um, and uh, be sure to listen, listen to all the other days. As Ian was saying, they do some great things on all the other um, blog talks. But we're going to meet you here back next Thursday to talk more about horses and beamers. So uh, be sure to join us next week. All right, everyone. I hope you have such a great week. Thank you, Rainy. Thank Hi, you, Cindy. Dr. Bong. Bye. Today's show was brought to you by an independent group of beamer distributors who are committed to helping you find success in your business. We're all part of a bigger mission.